0: I mean, um, thank you Jesus for all of the lives that you've impacted I, You know, some people are having life-changing uh, encounters today And so that was our prayer at the beginning of the day And we just thank the Lord for his faithfulness and what he's doing And we just believe that there's seeds that were sown today and deposited And each and every one of us that are just going to go into full fruition Hundredfold return And so, yeah, I, I mean, wow, I, I got to follow that up But by the grace of God, um, I suppose I will and so, but this is really, I love the Holy Spirit as we all do, and and I'm grateful to be able to talk about this message, and the message is ministering in the power of the, whole, of the Holy Spirit. So some of you uh, who are part of this congregation, how many of you here when I preached on uh, 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 spirit evangelism? Yeah, okay, some of you. Um it was fun because I uh, preached on Spirit of Evangelism and the Holy Ghost came in joy, sovereignly, and most people were laughing. Yeah, you, okay. Um, I asked that because I got through like a quarter of the message. I'm like, I'll preach the rest someday. And what's really cool is a lot of the stuff I was going to preach that day I didn't get around to is what I'm going to preach today from a different angle. Okay? And so we're excited because this is the end of the day. We're gonna have prayer ministry after for everyone and just have a good time. And so before we do, I'm just gonna uh, share some of the the uh, biblical basis for what we're gonna do and and hopefully you can leave here uh, laughing and singing and, and and partying with the Holy Ghost. So ministering in the Holy Spirit. I just want to share a few things and get on what I wanted to get onto. The few things I wanted to share is, unfortunately, um, we have become so far removed from early church Christianity, biblical Christianity, it's, it's kind of sad. And part of that, there's a lot of reasons for that, but we are a product of, of the Enlightenment era, we've come to rationalism, and kind of done away with the supernatural. Okay, so especially Protestants, a lot of us are Protestants, come from that uh, uh, branch of Christianity, kind of threw away the baby with the bathwater in the Protestant Reformation. Everything supernatural is weird, so we'll just like say everything uh, that was supernatural doesn't even exist anymore. That was done away with the early apostles. Come on now, you know, no way, that's totally unbiblical. And so we're kind of, thank God throughout the centuries since that time, he's been restoring Faithfully restoring some of the stuff the enemy stolen from us. Right? So he restored the revelation of sanctification with the Methodist movement. He restored the Pentecost, the Pentecost experience, Acts chapter 2 in 1906 with Azusa Street. He's restored that not only to a certain group of people, but across the world uh, with the charismatic movement, regardless of denominational background, got Catholic charismatics. How many are Catholic charismatics in the house? Look at this. So we we have some here. We got every every denomination, every branch of Christianity has been impacted by this, the renewal of the Holy Spirit. And then of course He's He's given us revelation of the joy of the Lord, which was something that was lost. So God's been restoring this faithfully, but even so we've um, gotten, we're still pretty far away from where the early Christians were, and I just want to make this point. So I'm going to give you some scriptures to show you something. Now, I shared this previously in the context of uh, evangelism, but I want to say this is this is the gospel in general, because we're all called to preach the gospel to the nations, whether we like it or not. If you're a disciple of Jesus, He says, preach the gospel to all nations, make disciples of all nations. What does it mean to preach the gospel? we confine it to words in our culture. We still do, for the most part. That is a partial gospel message. And I'm going to show you scripturally what I mean by that. So the first scripture I want to share is from Romans 15, 17 to 19. This is Paul the Apostle talking to the Romans. You guys know the book of the Romans is like our theological book of the Bible. It's like God, Paul just lays it out. And look at what he says towards the end of the book of Romans. After all this theology, he says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in the leading of the Gentiles to obey God. Now look at this. By what I said and done. What do you mean, Paul? He's going to tell us. By the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that from Jerusalem all the way to Ileriki, I have fully, look at this, fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. What does that mean? The full gospel of Christ is signs, wonders, power, encounters, and the message. Okay, we've confined it to just the message. That's where we've gone wrong, and that's what the Lord wants to restore in our time. Here, and I'm just gonna give you a, for those of you who don't know who aren't here, I always give a lot of Bibles. So First Corinthians, this is Paul saying something similar in a different way. First Corinthians chapter 2, 4 and 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Isn't that interesting? My message (laughs) and my preaching, you think of preaching as words, wasn't with words. It was with power encounters with the Holy Spirit, right? And this is why, because your faith would rest. I don't want your faith to be based on my ability to convince you that I'm right. I want it to be on the encounter you had with the Holy Spirit. So that's why this is important, what I'm speaking about today. Because you can argue with words, but you cannot argue with an encounter. You cannot argue with a power encounter. Once you have a power encounter with the Holy Ghost, that's it. Right? All arguments go out the window. It's like, okay, I believe you. <laughs> I can't argue with what just happened to me. So that's why Paul's saying this. I'm not going to base my message on my ability to convince you. I'm going to just say, Holy Ghost, bam, you had an encounter. Psh, argue with that. You can't, right? Here's, a, here's a, a Paul saying something similar in a different way. First Corinthians chapter 4. This is a couple of verse, uh, chapters later. But I'll come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. And then I'll find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but by what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of Power. So there's these false apostles and false teachers coming and trying to discredit Paul, and Paul's like, okay, let's have a showdown. I'll come, hear what they, not what they have to say, but by what power they have, and then we'll have this showdown, and you'll see who's legitimate by the power, because the kingdom of God is power, not talk. We've made it talk. That's the problem in the West, okay? Okay. Here's another verse, just in case that didn't convince you. First Thessalonians, that's cut off there. Verse, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. This is Paul again. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he's chosen you. How does he know? He's talking about salvation now. How do we know he's chosen you? Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Not simply with just words. This is how you know you're saved. This is how you know you've been chosen, because the Holy Ghost showed up, and you had a power encounter, okay? So that's what we've been missing, for the most part, in our culture, that God really wants to restore, and he's started restoring it. Thank you, Jesus. The charismatic and Pentecostal movement has, been, has exploded, and now we're like half of Christendom. It's like 500 million of us now in the 100 years, Okay. But he's, he wants to restore it back to this. Well, I don't think we've still, we have gotten here yet. Okay. I'm going to skip this for the sake of time. But I just wanted to basically a summary of what I just said. Paul's reminding them that the message of the gospel is accompanied by experiential, experience reality, not just words. Okay? That's the bottom line. Why? Because the encounter opens people up to the message. The encounter of the Holy Spirit opens people up to the truth of the gospel. So you need words and power. You can't just have words is the key, okay? So, so that's Paul's opinion. Let's look at what Je- Jesus is our example, right? So Jesus is perfect theology. We can, If Jesus did it, that settles it. Okay, that's how we're supposed to live, right? So I just want to show you some scriptures of how Jesus ministered. What was his message? Did he go around just trying to convince people with words? No way. Look at Acts chapter 10, 37 and 38. I love this verse. And this verse really, really transformed the world. Because people like John G. Lake, there's lies of the enemy that are trying to convince us that healing is God's will. Oh, the person's sick. There's no point praying because sickness, rather, is God's will. They're trying to teach him a lesson. John G. Lake, one day... Got so upset because he, you know the story, I don't have time, had death and death and death in his family. And he was so frustrated because ministers were like, well, don't pray because it must be the will of God. He threw, I think it was John, throws his Bible against the fireplace, opens to Acts chapter 10, looks, this verse changed his life because he realized sickness is the devil. Okay, look at what it says. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God is with him. Healing all who are under the power of the devil, not under God's will that they're sick. All were under the power of the devil and he healed them, right? So it's not God's will. So he got the revelation. It's not God's will that this person's sick. It's the devil. It's God's will because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit power to heal everyone who was suffering from demonic, whether it be uh, demons or sickness or whatever. Okay, that's the point. Jesus went around. That was, his, that was his message. Not talk, power, healing. Here's an example. Matthew chapter 4, 1734. Okay, so this is just an example. Jesus preached. This is his, this is his only message. You're hearing me yap, 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 yap. This is it. The kingdom of heaven is near. Bam. Heal, 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 heal. Whoa. <laughs> That's it. Okay. So the ki- so this is it. Kingdom of heaven is near. And then he demonstrated it by the power. So look at this. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is the beginning of his ministry. Jesus went throughout Galilee. This is what he did, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. (laughs) Yeah, amen. Look at the fruit of it. Okay, look at the fruit of this message of the gospel. News about him spread all over Syria. The people brought to him all who were with, uh, ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those who have seizures, and the paralyzed, and healed them all. Look at this large crowds. This is how you get large crowds. Okay? <laughs> large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, Judea rather, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Right? That's the fruit of it all these people following and becoming his disciples because it's like, kingdom of heaven's here, healing, wow, large crowds come. That's the full gospel. That's the gospel Paul preached. Now, this is the awesome part of this. This isn't for some elite group of people. This is normal Christianity. Okay, so I'm going to show you this scripturally. Jesus gave his ministry of the kingdom, not just words, but of power and demonstration, power encounters of the Holy Spirit to the disciples, in other words, to us. Okay. And here, I'll just try and be quick. show you this, Matthew 9, 35 to 38. So this is just saying the same thing. This is later on in Matthew. Jesus went through the towns. That's that's what he did, teaching, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And again, he saw large crowds, okay? But look at what he says at the end here in verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This is the prayer now. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now look at the very next verse. Jesus called his 12 disciples. You're the answer to this prayer. You're the answer. Okay, pray, Lord, send out harvesters. Okay, here. Here's the answer to your prayer. You guys, the ones who I asked to pray for the harvesters, you're the harvesters now. Okay, so Jesus called the 12 disciples to him, gave him authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every, let's say every. Every disease and sickness, not just some, every, that's every, right? The word every in Greek means every, if you didn't know. Okay, these, the 12, okay, these 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions, get this, these are his instructions, as you go, this is it, proclaim the message, the kingdom of heaven has come near, that's it. None of this babbling that we tend to do, including myself. This is kingdom of heaven's near, bam, heal, 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 cast out demons, there you go. That's, that was his instructions. No, nothing else. Okay? Now get this, this is the key. Freely you've received, freely give. That's it. So we need to, as disciples of Jesus, release what the Lord has given us. He's given us everything, and we're going to see that in a minute, that he's given us all authority and power to do everything he did, and in fact, he says even greater works than I did. Luke 9, 1, 5, this is the the Luke's version, but I just want to point out something. When Jesus called the 12, oh, uh, back one, Kim, sorry. When Jesus called the 12, it says he gave him power and authority to drive out all demons to cure diseases, okay? And he said the same thing. Proclaim the kingdom of heaven and to heal the sick. It it goes hand in hand. That's why I said we have been proclaiming a partial gospel message by just giving words. Words, words, words. Jesus like, no, words, demonstration, Kingdom of heaven's near, bam, <laughs> healing. Okay, so, and, and he said, okay, they, they healed people everywhere. Now, so this is, <laughs> this is to the 12. <laughs> this is to the 12. Now look at this. Then he broadens it to the 72 disciples. So this is, this is like a chapter later. Luke chapter 10, he says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out Two by two ahead of them in every town and place where he was to go. Get this, same instructions. I told them. Oh, no, actually, this is the prayer. He, now he tells the 72 that, to pray this, not just the 12. Okay? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers in the harvest field. You're the harvesters, by the way. Because then he says, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. So not only pray that the Lord uh, sends harvesters. By the way, you're the answer to that prayer, Go. Okay, to all of us, his disciples. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of, uh, of God has come near you. That's it. It's that simple. Kingdom of God's come near you. Heal the sick. Raise that, yes. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going here. Okay, so that's so 1272. Now get this. Everyone he gives this commission to, not just his elite disciples, everyone, including us. This is the very end of Matthew, the very last verses. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, I want to say this. I said this before. I'm going to say it again. Jesus never, ever, 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 ever once told us to make converts. That's all we do with evangelism, isn't it? He said, make disciples of all nations, not converts. Okay. What does that mean? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is it. And teaching them to do, obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm all with you always to the very end of the age. This is the point I want to make. When, we, when he says, teach them everything I commanded you, we often relegate that to moral ethics, which is true. Like, don't steal, <laughs> don't lust. That's true. Do you know what's included in everything? The following. The, this, this was a command. This was an imperative. Matthew 10, 7, and 8. This is part of his commands. Preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. We're supposed to not only live the moral ethical life of the Christianity, that's true too, but he's saying, I, I commanded you to do this, and you're supposed to teach others to do this as well. It's part of his commands. Okay? Here's Mark's version of the Great Commission. I love this. Mark 16, 15, and 18. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He doesn't even confine it to human beings. <laughs> How many of you know St. Francis preached to, to birds and stuff? Yeah, all creation. He based it off this scripture. And the creation listened to him. They're like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> it's like, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay, now get this, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. How many of you believe? How many of you are believers? Yeah. So this applies to you too. In my name, they'll drive out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, they'll pick up snakes with their hands, they'll drink any deadly poison, it'll not hurt them, they'll place their hands on sick people and they'll get well. And they'll speak in new tongues. I think I missed that. Oh no, maybe not. Okay, so all this stuff, just for believers, this is all it. This is how you preach the kingdom. Okay, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. What does preaching mean? It means words, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word with signs to accompany it. The signs of the kingdom, the healing, the casting out demons, right? All this stuff is supposed to accompany the message. That's why just words is a partial message. We need the signs of the kingdom. And Jesus commissioned each and every one of us to do these things, all who believe. So going to talk about a couple things. Authority and the prayer of command. Okay, so Jesus gave us authority. I want to show you how he prayed. We often err in this. Because when Jesus gives you authority to do something, he expects you to do it with the authority he gave you. What does that mean? You have authority to heal the sick. So don't pray to me, Jesus, please heal the sick. No, you heal the sick. You know, often healing the sick, just he says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Notice he didn't say pray for the sick and they'll recover. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We're supposed to just be able to lay hands and they'll recover. Okay. Now look at how Jesus prayed. This is how we're supposed to pray. And notice I have examples, oh, next slide, of every single command he gave us in the commission, how to pray for healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, cast out demons, because Jesus is our example, and just look at how he prayed for this stuff. Healing the sick. This is from Mark seven thirty-three 33 35. This is kind of funny. After he took this guy aside, away from the cloud, he had a deaf and dumb spirit, Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears, then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Imagine I did that. <laughs> what what you t- Jesus did this. It's, wow, anyway. Um, he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him one word in Aramaic. <laughs> Which means be open. That's it. That was Jesus' prayer. Be open. Nothing else, right? Not, dear heavenly father, please, if it's your will, pray this young man of his ear ailments or whatever. No, be open. Nothing else. At this, the man's ears were open and his tongue was loose and he began to speak plainly. Okay, that was deafness. Look at this. Luke 18, 42, Jesus said to them, Receive your sight. That's it. Your faith has healed you. Receive your sight. Because he has the authority to do it. Notice he's not praying lengthy prayers. God, if it's your will, let it. No. Receive your sight. That's it. John 5, 8. Then Jesus said to them, This is a paralyzed person. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Pretty simple, right? That's it. Look at this. Cleanse the lepers. That's another thing he told us to do. Okay, Jesus, how do we pray for the lepers? Here's an example. Jesus reached out his hand, touched the man. I'm willing. He said, be clean. Immediately, he's cleansed of leprosy. That's it. Prayer of authority. Be clean. Raise the dead. John 8, 43. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And then he raised it. He got up from the dead. (laughs) Come out! Oh my goodness! You would think it would take ten minutes of speaking in tongues and you know (laughs) shouting and and casting out whatever. I oh, cast out demons. There we go. Next one. This is it. Jesus casting out demons. Luke 4:35. Be quiet. Jesus said certainly come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before him, all and came out without injuring him. Come out of him. That's it. That is our example of how to pray and release the kingdom. Is all I'm trying to say. Okay. So none of this praying for 20 minutes and well, I mean, whatever. John G. Lake said that they used to do that. They used to pray for hours and hours and hours. And 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 he said, you know what shifted their ministry? You know who John G. Lake is? Yeah. You know what shifted his ministry to where they got so much breakthroughs when they got this revelation of the prayer of command: be healed. Not this 20 hours of whatever, right? Be healed. And he said, when we shifted it from praying, God, please do it, to be healed, then they saw tons of more breakthrough than they did in the, before that. Okay. So this goes without saying, Jesus uh, gave us the order, and that's how we should do it, too. If Jesus gives you the same authority he has, which he did, he expects you to use it like he did. Okay? The same, in the same way he did. Uh, When you realize that you operate under Christ's delegated authority, you'll speak to diseases to them. You speak to the disease, to the demons, to the conditions, and tell them what to do, and they'll do it because you have the authority of Jesus Christ on you. The same Holy Spirit that made Jesus Christ the anointed one anointed is the same Holy Spirit who is anointing you. You see that? We're Christians, little anointed ones. We have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living inside of us, we can do this too, okay? Now, if you don't believe me, actually, no, I'll get to that later. Got to talk about impartation first, delegation and impartation. Actually, no, I am going there now. Next slide, please, Kim. John 20, 21 to 22. Trish uh, uh, mentioned this earlier. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Right? That's the key. Now look at John 14, to uh, verse 12. This this gets me every time. This is Jesus talking to us. Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever, why don't you say whoever? Whoever. (laughs) Whoever. Are you whoever? Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. We're supposed to be doing even greater works than what Jesus did. Isn't that amazing? My question is, why haven't we? Part of the answer is because we've been preaching a partial gospel message. We haven't been living biblical Christianity, and the fruit of it is the lukewarm Christianity we see so prevalent in the Western church. If we would preach the true gospel of the kingdom, imagine that. Imagine how many salvations there would be if we did this kind of thing. Large crowds would be the fruit. Okay, so I I want to talk just briefly then about impartation because we're going to be doing that today. And just to give you some scriptural background, what is impartation? This is a biblical... uh, 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 I'll just read scripture. Uh, Why am I trying to bother... I'll let the scripture speak for itself. (laughs) Numbers, this is already in the Old Testament. This isn't just New Testament. This is Old Testament. Numbers 11, verse 16, 17, and 25. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to use leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of the meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that's on you and put it on them. Impartation. Okay they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. And then later in verse 25, it just says that's what he did. He took some of the power of the spirit that was on Moses, put it on them, and then they started prophesying. Okay, those of you who go to this church, I've been preaching a a series on um, the importance of adopting an eternal perspective, and I've been emphasizing Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. You guys probably know this by heart now. Let us move beyond the elementary teachings, the elementary school stuff of Jesus Christ to be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation. These are the foundation things of our Christian faith. Of repentance from acts that lead to death, of faith in God, instruction with cleansing rites, and the laying on of hands. How many sermons have you heard on the laying on of hands? How many have heard one sermon on the laying on of hands? Okay, like five of us elementary teaching of Jesus Christ Christianity 101 foundation if you don't have this you you you're building on sand okay and then eternal judgments <laughs> and resurrection from the dead i have that highlighted because i want to talk about laying on of hands because there's so many scriptures on it, we need to be, have an understanding of the importance of it and what it means. Now, Numbers 11, the scripture I just gave you, deals with commissioning and, 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 and authority. I'm going to take some of the power of the Spirit that's on you, put it on them. Now, look at what, you can see this again in Numbers, this is later on now, with Joshua. Moses is actually commissioning Joshua to take the same anointing that he had and lead the people of Israel. So this is what the Lord said. This is Numbers 27, verse 18. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man whom the spirit is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Okay? Have him stand before Elisha, the priest, and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israel community will obey him. And then it just says, then, then Moses did this. He laid his hands on him and commissioned him, and then he got some of the authority that Moses had. The laying on of hands is an empowerment and it's a commissioning. So there's a lot of different things that happen with the laying on of hands. This is one of them. Commissioning to give you some impartation of the authority that you had to lead people. Okay? You can see this in the New Testament. Look at in Acts 13, 1 and 3. I'm trying to go through this fast. I just want to give you foundation. Acts 13, 1 to 3. Now the church at Antioch, there were the prophets and the teachers, and then they name a whole bunch. Verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Whoa, fasting... Is okay in the new covenant? Yeah, <laughs> it's good, in case you were wondering. And the Holy Spirit said, <laughs> look, at, <laughs> look at what the Holy Spirit said Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and set them off, commissioning to be apostles to the nations, laying on of hands, okay? So there's a commissioning element to that. Now, there's also the releasing of the Holy Spirit. There's a couple of indications. Now, the whole Pentecostal, anyway, it doesn't matter, theology of the second, uh, anyway, comes from these kinds of scriptures. There's, this is in the Bible. Acts 8, 14, 17. The apostles of Jerusalem heard in Samaria, accepted the word of the Lord. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for new believers. Okay, these are new believers. that They might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. You see that? Same thing happens in Acts 19 with Paul, okay? Goes to Corinth with Apollos, and the same thing. Have you received the Holy Spirit? They're like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he's like, well, what baptism did you receive? They're like, the baptism of John. And then he explains to them, okay, Jesus came, baptism of the Holy Spirit, new covenant, Look at verse 6. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in new tongues and prophesied. So there's the releasing of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands, too. Now look at t- uh, just two more verses here with this. Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, talking about the Holy Spirit, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the Spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, Love and self-discipline. We talked about commissioning earlier. First Timothy four fourteen. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy, but the gift. So there's releasing of gifts as well through prophecy. When the body of the elders laid their hands on you, okay, you can see how powerful this is. Now God, res- I don't want to say restored, but in some ways, especially through Randy Clark. And our history is rooted in this. How many of you know the history of Toronto? Where Randy L. Clark got impartation through the laying out of hands from Rodney Howard Brown. And then this stuff just started happening. And then John Arnett invited him. It's a longer story than this. I'm just going to give you a short version. To Toronto and bam, the world's transformed. So Randy Clark, actually, is someone who really has a revelation on the laying on of hands, and I've heard sermons by him that are really founded and good, if you're interested in hearing more on this. The laying on of hands is powerful, and something powerful happens, okay? And that's the point I want to make, is that you can receive commissionings, giftings, Holy Spirit, just by others laying hands on you, okay? That's the point. So to finish then, what should we do in light of all this? Basically, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's us. Holy Spirit gives you power to preach the gospel, signs, wonders, miracles, healings, so that the world will be saved and actually hear the full gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, what do we do? Go. I already read this verse. Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, and making disciples and telling them everything I commanded you, which is all the above. So that's the first thing. It's pretty simple. Go. Second, and I talked about this earlier, go and pray for more harvesters. Okay? So this is what Jesus did. Whenever he anointed the 12 and the 72, he said, okay, you no, know, the harvest is plentiful. The problem is the workers are few, and there's not very many people willing to go and do this stuff. But I'm telling you, not only pray this, but go do it. And that's what we're called to do. We need to receive the fullness of the gospel and release it to every single person we come across, not only in word, but also in in releasing the kingdom. Because it's the kingdom reality that we're supposed to preach, which involves all the above, signs and wonders and everything. Okay. So, with all that being said, now it's time to have some fun. (laughs) So now you have some Bible to to back up what we're going to do. How many of you, we we were talking, how should we do this? And it's, how many of you have ever been in a fire tunnel? Okay, so now you know you have a biblical, so what fire you can, uh, the acronym means. But also, it says that God is a consuming fire, right? He is fire. So... Um, If you don't know what it is, essentially all we're going to do is just a really fun and and cool way, if you want. There's no pressure. We're going to have the leaders who preach today, also some of our prayer team and home group leaders to just line up. And we're going to have, so on either side, we're going to have a tunnel, right? So there'll be people this side, people this side. And we're going to pray for you and just lay hands on you and release the kingdom and let the Holy Spirit do whatever He wants. And it's usually pretty fun. Does that make sense? So it's, it's kind of a quick and easy way to get a lot of prayer in a short period of time, and and we love it. I my life, seriously, in a lot of ways, have been transformed in fire tunnels, and so that's what we want to do. So what we're going to do is all of us who've been speaking today in the prayer team, if you'd like, uh, if you feel led, and also the home group leaders, just line up, and and then when you guys can line, we'll we'll do it here. Now what I wanna say, because this is uh, hard ground, not in the spirit, in the natural, we wanna make sure that, um, that we don't let people fall hard. We catch them in the fire tunnels, that makes sense? So we don't want any, any of that. So we gotta make sure, Is okay, you guys ready for that? Okay, so, Trish, um, awesome. Okay, so let's have fun. We'll have your team, why don't you start the rows, and, and, and uh, I'll try and give instruction here.